Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. If you will, go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18. Now, we're starting a series this morning called Great Stories of the Bible. And the good news about the Bible is it is the only book on the planet that is a book of life. I I don't really, I I read Huckleberry Finn when I was in the 10th grade. I couldn't find much to apply to my life out out of Huckleberry Finn. Amen. I read Tale of Two Cities. Wasn't much in Tale of Two Cities I could apply. I read, you know, a couple of other books, uh, you know, during, none of them were, nothing was really, uh, you know, applicable to my life. But the good news is, The Bible, even though it's a 2,000-year-old text, still contains within it things that are applicable to our lives, and the revelation of it causes the power of it to be released. It's the only book that contains power, spiritual power on the inside of it, to set you free, to deliver you, and listen, to give you a life you could only, oh, you couldn't even dream. dream. Your dreams aren't big enough to compare to that which God desires to do in your life. Amen? Now, John, let me just, eh, I guess the best way to just John, John chapter 18. This is right after he prayed that powerful prayer. John chapter 17 is the Lord's prayer. I ought to get a better amen than that. You say, I thought, I thought uh, our Father, which ought to, no, that's the disciples' prayer. That's how Jesus taught the disciples to pray when he was on the earth. This is the true Lord's prayer, John chapter 17. Go read that. It'll tremendously bless you. It said when Jesus, verse 1, chapter 18, Gospel of John, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron, and there was a garden into which he entered with his disciples and his disciples. And Judas also, which had betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Jesus answered him, uh, and they answered him, Jesus, the son of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon as he said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Whoa. Everybody say, whoa. Now, I came up in ministry in the, in the mid-80s through the 90s and all. And, you know, back, especially back in the 90s when we were uh, doing a lot of field ministry, it's amazing how people fell out, fell out under the power of God. Now, now our ushers here, we, we kind of hold people up a little bit. We, you know, those f- courtesy falls are okay, but, you know, <laughs> no, we kind of hold you up around here, amen. But we still have a few of them hit the floor. But when Jesus said, I am he, all of them. All the soldiers, all the priests, all the Sanhedrin and Judas Judas himself, they all, wham, they just hit the ground. You say, now how did that happen? There's power in his word. I said, there's power in his word. Glory to God. It says, then he said unto them, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I bet they said it like this. When he said the first time, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I bet the second time they said, "Uh, Jesus of Nazareth? (laughs) See around here somewhere? <laughs> Amen. There's just something about the power of God that'll humble you a little bit. Amen. I said, Whom seek ye? Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I've told you that I am he. If you therefore seek me, let these go their way, that the same might be fulfilled which he spake. Of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. 
Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off, everybody say, cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink? Everybody knows that he did. Amen. So here we've got three players in this drama. We've got Peter, who is a disciple, fixing to become an apostle in just a few short days. And then we've got Jesus. And then we've got Malchus, the servant of the Sanhedrin. Now, we know that Jesus, he's the one that restores. He's the one that answers. He's the creator. He can do anything. He can fix anything. We could go on and on and on and preach about Jesus. But these other two guys, Simon Peter and Malchus, there was an interaction between them that caused a little trauma. Anybody ever had a little trauma in your life? Amen. <laughs> to the point that one of them ended up without an ear. Now, an ear is a unique thing. Amen. You really don't, pay, I guess ladies pay more attention to it than you stick holes in them and do all kinds of stuff. But, uh, you know, yeah, and, and, but, you know, your ear, you got a lobe on the bottom. You got all the, you know, if you study the ear, if you go look at it, the ear is perfectly designed to receive sound waves. God's a smart God. He knows how to make an ear. He knows how to make a nose. He knows how to make an eye. He knows how to make a liver. He knows how to make a heart. He, and he'll make one for you if you need one, if you can believe it for it. Amen. Now, with that in mind, go, go if you will. To the, to the Gospel of Luke, and, and let's look at the same thing, but I'm not going to read all the preliminary things, and I'm going to use my Passion Bible. And that's in Luke uh, uh, chapter 18. What is that verse? These, this print's so small in this Bible. Anyway. I'll just read it. You'll find it. It says, Jesus, it says, Just then, one of the disciples swung his sword at the high priest's servant and slashed off his right ear. Well, that's a good way to start a Holy Ghost meeting right there, isn't it? Jesus stopped the incident from escalating any further by shouting, Stop! That's enough! Everybody say, Stop! That's enough! Amen. Stop! That's enough! Now, notice this. Then he touched the right side of the injured man's head and the ear grew back. He was healed. Now I always thought he put it back on. You know he reached down, knocked all the dirt off of it. You know and stuck it back on. But now remember, remember scripture, ha scripture has a very unique way of getting to us in this modern age. You know this is 2020. Our scripture, all these translations we have. The original text, the Aramaic in which a lot of the writings were in was translated into the Greek and now we have current paraphrases and translations today. But I found the, the Passion Bible to be true to a lot of the translations because in it this researcher, this man that translated, I did some study on him, he did a lot of research not just in the Greek but also in the Aramaic so he could pull out the complete thought of what God was trying to give us. Now let me read the commentary. It's real small so let me, let me read the, the commentary. It says, implied in the context of this miracle, Jesus the Creator recreated his ear. The last thing Jesus did before they tied and bound his beautiful hands to arrest him in Gethsemane, 
He used his healing hands to restore the cut-off ear that Peter slashed. It was he was bound for hours until they loosed his hand to pierce them with nails. So if you study, if you get into a deep study into the Aramaic and into the Greek, you'll find out that that's exactly how this miracle took place. Jesus just recreated an ear on the side of Malchus's head. Wow. Now he's got an ear, a new ear to take home and a new ear to share with everybody. <laughs> Not everybody gets three ears. Not everybody can. Mal Malchus got three ears. Amen. He got one in a baggie. And got a new one on his head. But now, let's, let's, let's look at that just for a few moments. Notice, first of all, you've got the one who is the aggressor, who is the committer of the infraction. You've got Peter. And all of his zeal, you know, you've got their disciples. They've got their swords on. Now, see, they still thought that Jesus was going to restore the government. He thought that he was going to lead, that, you know, they were going to take these 12 guys and start an insurrection that was going to overthrow the Romans. That's why they were wearing swords. But it wasn't the Roman soldiers who showed up. It was the guard of the temple. It was the temple guard and the Sanhedrin priest and those that were part of the temple. These were all Jewish brothers and Jewish sisters, if there were any sisters there. And when they came in his zeal, Peter went to whack one's head off and missed or the guy ducked and cut his ear off. So he inflicted pain on someone else. Have you ever inflicted pain on someone else? All of us have things in our lives that we wish we hadn't said, that we wish we hadn't done, that we wish we hadn't been a part of, involved in, because it inflicted pain on someone else. Amen? I've been real careful about that since I've been in the ministry. But here's the thing. People sometimes just end up getting hurt, but then there are purposeful intentions of others to hurt people. They just intentionally do it. Now listen, if you were ever involved, hopefully you're not involved in anything like that now. Two rights. <laughs> hopefully you're not involved in anything like that now where you're going out purposely and looking for people to chop their ear off. Type and shadow, amen? Which means you're not going around trying to mess people's lives up, hurt people or do anything like that because if you ever do it, and I don't think, I don't think Peter was malicious. I think what he was doing, he was doing, he thinking, well, this thing's fixing to start. My goodness, we better just start whacking around here because this insurrection is fixing to start. He still didn't have a clue after everything Jesus had said and done, even though he had had, he had, had the revelation, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He's still trying to start a war. Amen. But for everything in your life, now listen, I was away from the Lord for 12 years. I did a lot of bad things. And everything that I was currently involved in, when I came back to the Lord, I had to make it right. Amen. I mean, I was, I was running a scam on the government. I had my mailman. He knocked on my door one day. I, was, I just moved to my mom and dad's house. I'd gone through, a, I'd gone through a, a divorce. I'd lost a job. I was just, you know, and I wasn't down and out. I was selling drugs and making all kinds of money. And the, and, the, and the postman kept coming to my door with these stacks of brown envelopes. So one day, instead of just delivering him, he knocked on the door. And he said, you got to tell me what you're doing. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I've never delivered so many brown envelopes to one door in my life. 
Well, I was running a scam on unemployment. I was running a scam on being fired. I was running all these different scams. There was a big uh, place where they worked on cars and a gas station. I was running a scam up there. I had all these scams going. Did you know when I got right with God, I had to stop it all? And guess what else I had to do? I had to write letters and give back the money. Either you're going to do this or you're not. Amen. I had a, I had a guy uh, one night in an apartment complex. He was up in an apartment, wouldn't come down and fight me. Come on down and fight. Come on down and fight. So he wouldn't come out, so I beat up his car. Cars don't fight back. But when I came back to the Lord, I had, he, it was a Datsun 280Z. Do they even make Datsuns anymore? I don't think they make Datsuns anymore. Anyway, I had to, there was a Datsun dealership over in Texas City, Twin City Datsun. And I had to go over there and find out how much is the headlamp, how much is the taillights, how much are the windshield wipers, how much. And I wrote this guy a letter and said, I'm so sorry. I mean, I was just meek as a lamb then. I'm so sorry. I beat your car. Here's the money to get it fixed. And I knew some people that knew him. He thought he couldn't, he, he couldn't even talk because he didn't even know what to think about what I'd written. But I'd cut so many ears off. I had to get in the ear restoration business for a few months. Amen. You know, things we carry many times in our life are easy to get fixed if we just fix them. I'm going to tell you what keeps you from fixing things in your life. Where you've inflicted pain, where you hurt people, is many times we justify our actions by thinking we're right when we know we're not. And let me tell you what guards that. Pride. There ain't nothing worse. There ain't nothing that God hates more than just stinking pride. That's all it is, is pride. And what you need to do, if you've inflicted pain on somebody's life in your lifetime, even if those people have gone on to be with the Lord, if they've died, whatever, you make it right with God. And if those people are around, you make it right with them. And you'll be surprised how much healing that will bring to your life especially within the confines of the body of Christ. You can't go around hurting each, each other and chopping off each other's ears. Then there's Malchus. He's earless on one side. Amen? But Jesus touches his ear and recreates it. Now he's healed. But I guarantee you that had an impact on him. Thank God Jesus did that. Now not only did he do it, now listen, not only did he do it for Malchus, he did that for Peter. Amen? Just think if he wouldn't have done it. All things being equal, Malchus could have heard of the, you know, he worked in the temple. I mean, he'd heard about all the miracles of Jesus. He knew that Jesus had died. He knew that Jesus had rose from the dead. This would be in the future of this particular incident. He knew Jesus had rose from the dead. He'd heard about those 120 people, crazy people, pouring out in the street, speaking in other tongues, talking about the wonderful works of God. He had heard about all this. So maybe he got saved. Maybe he started coming to the church in Jerusalem. Maybe he had worked and done whatever good Christians would do. Become a, become a worker in the church. Begin to serve in the church. Next thing you know, he's the head usher. And now Jerusalem is fixing to have their fall harvest conference in Jerusalem. One of the main speakers, the Apostle Peter. So he wants to share with everybody about the love of Jesus how he experienced the love of Jesus, how he saw the love of Jesus, how even when he denied it was the love of Jesus that restored him and how powerful the love of Jesus is. While Malchus is sitting there going, yeah, Peter, why don't you tell him about the love of Jesus? Tell my ear that ain't there no more about the love of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. 
How many ears has God put back on for you over the years? Things that could have testified to your anger, could have testified to your stupidity, could have testified to your, to your zeal that was misplaced. But God said, that's okay, this one's on me. That's what Jesus did for Peter. He said, that's okay, Peter, this one's on me. And he did a miracle in Malchus so that Peter would not have to bear the brunt of what that would have meant in the future. But now Malchus received a miracle. It didn't say Malchus was believing God. It didn't say, Jesus didn't say, Malchus, great is your faith. Your faith was so great that when Peter cut your ear off, I had to put it back on. No, that's not what it said. These are miracles which God does in our lives, which may be beyond our ability to actually reach out in faith and grab them and pull them into our life, but God gives us to them anyway so that we might be made not just healed financially, healed physically, healed mentally, healed in our, healed in our emotions. He wants us whole. Now let me say this before we get into this just for a moment. God does not erase your memory. Let me say that again. God does not erase your memory. God gives you grace to live with things. And when God gives you grace to live with something, you can live with it. You can live with it without medication. You can live with it without counseling. You can live with it because God puts grace upon you. Therefore, that thing is not able to continually encroach into your mind and torment your mind. So many people have traumatic events in life that happen. Listen, this is 2020. The worst of the worst has gone on in the past 20-something years. There are things going on out there that are incredible that people are doing to one another. And if you've come out of something like that, praise God. But if it's left you, quote, without an ear or scarred, Jesus wants to put that back into your life so that you can be made whole in everything that God wants you to have. I went through went through a divorce. I married a surfer girl. We partied together for three years. You can't party and build a marriage. Amen. By mutual agreement, we were just, you know, more my fault than anybody else. I was the husband. Amen. So I came back to the Lord. And when I came back to the Lord, I'd, I'd been divorced for two years. But in the church that I went to, the pastor's daughter had gone through a divorce and they had a huge, what did they call it? It was a... Uh, Restoration, believe people, a bunch of people in there believe in God for their, for their marriage. And so that, you know, I didn't know. I was just a young Bible school student. I, I thought, well, I, I guess I need to believe God for my marriage. So I started going to the classes, learning what to do, speaking the word, all that. And I'll never forget, in a Wednesday night service, I was sitting there, the pastor was preaching, and the Lord spoke to me. When the Lord spoke to me, I just zoned out. And the Lord spoke to me and he said this, if you keep using your faith like you're using your faith, I'll answer your prayer, but it is not my best for you. And I remember, I didn't shout it out loud, but I remember in my heart, I said this, Lord, I don't want nothing but your best. I don't care if I've got to let go of one thing to get another. I want your best. Thank God he gave me his best. Right, right, raise your hand, best. We've been married 34 years, amen. But when God spoke that in that service, I didn't have the faith for that. I did not have faith for that. Remember the little sketch, I don't know if they make them today, the little sketch pads we used to have when we were kids and you got this hard pencil, there was no lead, no ink and you just wrote on that sketch pad, you could draw a picture and then you just shh and it was gone. That's, that happened to my soul, to my emotions. Shh, that was gone, it was just gone. 
I don't know how to describe it. It was just gone. And God gave me a grace to live with all the trauma I had caused, all the ears I had cut off, all the things I had done. And God began in that area of my life to make me whole. See, there are times we hang on to things paying the price. Malchus could have got real bitter if Jesus wouldn't have put that ear on. He could have said, aren't you God? Didn't you know that was going to happen? See, that's the way we get sometimes when trauma happens in our life. Especially if we're, serve, if we're serving God and trauma happens in our life. We serve God, something negative. Maybe you go through a divorce. Maybe you get a bad uh, physical report. Maybe your business goes through a bankruptcy. Maybe, maybe, you know, whatever happens, happens. And you think, God, didn't you know that was going to happen? Why didn't you stop that? And many times the first person we, bring, we blame trauma on is God. We don't, we don't do it, you know, out loud. We come to church and we smile and we praise God. Come on, church. But then we, then we, then we blame God. In our hearts, we're blaming God. God, you knew that was going to happen. I was serving you. I was doing everything I could do to serve. Listen, we've all had bumps in the road. We've all gone through trauma. But you've got to understand something about God. God is not near as much in control as you think he is. And there's some people, they're a train wreck looking for a place to happen. Amen. Get off those tracks. Quit behaving like that. It's going to lead to a cut off ear in your life or it's going to lead to you cutting off a whole bunch of other people's ears. Amen. And then, you know, the ear gets cut off, doesn't get put back on. Then we pick it up and we wrap it and, and we keep it. And what does it do? When we keep it. Do you know what it does? It starts drying up. It starts drying up. It starts stinking. And everywhere we go, everything we do, we got what? A stinking ear. You know what I'm talking about? And the problem with, with carrying something like that, an attitude... Uh, uh, oh, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they did it to me, how I was traumatized, how I trusted, how this. Listen, every time we rehearse that and we bring that back up, we reinforce the initial trauma, and the initial trauma could have happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but now we're engaged with conversation about it, and we bring it up, and next thing you know, that same emotion, that same feeling back down in the gut, because I'm going to tell you, that stuff knows nothing of time. It could care less about time. And it'll torment your mind. It'll be an open door for the adversary to continually put thoughts and imaginations in your mind. It'll hinder your, it'll hinder your, your, your relationships in the body of Christ and hinder your forward progression. Scars are terrible. I got, I got scars. Lord, I had so many stitches growing up. <laughs> I don't want no more stitches. Everybody say, no more stitches. I got some scars on me too. But a lot of times, all we're willing to believe God for is the healing of a situation when God wants to use that situation to make us whole. In our mind, in our emotions, in every area of our life. You know, one of the greatest examples is the lepers. Ten lepers, I believe it's in Luke 17. As Jesus came out of a particular city, cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus spoke to them and said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. And then it says, when one of them saw he was healed. 
turned back with a loud voice and glorified God. So all of them were cleansed and healed. And that's what happens to us when we get born again. We get cleansed and healed. But you got to come back to Jesus. You got to come back to the Word. You got to come back to the Spirit. You got to come back to church. You got to come back to serving God with all of your heart. When you do that, Jesus has the ability to make you whole. They, they responded in faith for cleansing and healing, but when Jesus made him whole, it was beyond his faith. One of them returned when he saw he was healed, fell down on his face, fell down on with his face at his feet, giving thanks. He was a Samaritan or the most least likely one. And Jesus said this, did not cleanse him? Where are the nine? There's not none return save this stranger. Then he looks down at him and says, go in peace. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has made the hill. Now, we could have great, we could have the, the Ten Lepers Conference at Island Church, Galveston, Texas. And they could all come one, ten nights in a row, everyone tell the story of their normal life till one day that dry patch of skin turned into leprosy. That leprosy ate off the digits of their hand, put big grooves in their faith, Adolf, Adolf's flesh all over their bodies. They were scarred. The color of their skin had left. Looked like they'd been rolled in ashes and their skin was falling and they were dying of the disease. And all nine of them could show you evidence of the trauma. They could show you fingers that were not there, pieces of their face, soft tissue that was eaten off. But the last speaker, the one that returned to Jesus and fell down at his feet, on his face, and begin to give thanks, he would have no scars. He would have nothing outwardly to show that he was so traumatized. Jesus had made him whole. Not only did he heal him of the disease, he had healed him of the effect of the disease. Now let me close with this. Every one of us had a really bad disease. The worst the worst. Worse than COVID, worse than cancer, worse than heart disease, worse than leprosy. You say, what disease was that? Sin. Sin ate away at our lives and ate away at our lives. And we came to the altar and we were cleansed. And then we began to come to church. We began to read our Bible. We were cleansed. We began to be healed. But not everybody enters into wholeness. Wholeness, now listen to me and I'll close with this. Wholeness is the place where you come to yourself and you make a decision to let go of whatever it is that has traumatized your life and remains an open door to the adversary to torment your mind. And many times we wear those things like a badge, like we've been, I've been through something. Well, really God don't want you bearing any scars of what you've been through. The reason is there's one sitting at his right hand that bears the scars of what he went through to get the scars off of you. I was sharing my testimony one time at a full gospel businessman meeting. The president of the chapter, Dr. Oscar Hamilton from, from Harlingen, Texas, he's gone on to be with the Lord. Wonderful man. I've stayed in his home several times. He was a dermatologist. I was sharing my testimony. Large crowd, six, seven hundred people were there. And right as I came to the end of my testimony, I began to share some scripture. A lady stood up in the back and said, can I say something? Said it real loud. And you know, it's a full gospel, but it's not a church service. We've got ushers who can, 
you know, uh, help keep order and things like that. So it's, those meetings were a little looser than most church meetings were. And she said this, because I had talked about in my testimony of how much bitterness I had, how much hate I had, how much prejudice I had, how, how much pain I had, and how Jesus had set me free. Just literally set me free. And she stood up and she said, and so I just gave it, I said, okay, go ahead. She said this, she said, Dr. Hamilton, I've hated you for 20 years. That's what she said. I thought, oh my God. I was hoping she didn't pull out a gun and shoot him. She said, when I was a teenager, she said this out loud in front of seven, six or seven hundred people. She said, when I was a teenager, you gave me medication for my face and it pitted my face up. And I've hated you ever since. Then she said this, but I know tonight, tears begin to come down her face. She said, I know tonight I have to forgive. I know tonight I have to be made whole. I know tonight I, I have to let Jesus heal me. And Dr. Hamilton, would you please forgive me of 20 years of hate? And I'll never forget Dr. Hamilton. He jumped up and ran as fast as an old man can run. And he grabbed that woman and just hugged her. And they both wept. And God just did a miracle right there in the middle of that meeting. She got an ear put back on. Amen. She got an ear put back on that night. And that's literally what God wants to do for you. No matter what has happened in your life. I know there's divorces. People lose children. People have all kinds of wrecks and disasters and problems that happen in life. But Jesus, one of the things he said, he said, I'm come that I might heal the brokenhearted. And we have so many brokenhearted people that we need to minister to. So many people outside the four walls of the, of the church, their hearts are broken. And we need to be those that are the restorers of the breach, that bring Jesus to them so that he can heal them of the, of the sword that has cut many or of the ear that has been cut off. So we must be healed in the church. So let me ask you this. Brother Frank, see here. Brother Frank, go to the keyboard if you will. Lift your hands and worship God for a moment. Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We glorify your name. We thank you, Heavenly Father. I could go through a thousand categories. You could talk about every kind of disappointment, financial from bankruptcy to financial disappointments, to every kind of disappointing thing that can happen in the financial world. We can talk about physical things you've been diagnosed with, things you've lived with, things, things in your life that you've just lived with. We could talk about the emotional, the mental side. Trauma that's happened to you years ago. Maybe, maybe a divorce. Maybe you're a child of divorce. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you... Maybe you've lost a loved one that was very close. You know, I was in a conference three years ago, two years ago, Shreveport, Louisiana, teaching along these lines. And, I, and this came up in my spirit. Some of you have lost pets that has broke your heart. I mean, you lose a pet and it just breaks your heart. Did you know I gave an altar call for that? That was the beginning of about five different categories. That was the, that was the bottom. Did you, did you know there must have been 200 people that stood up and said, I lost a pet that broke my heart. Broke my heart. You lose a grandma, grandpa, aunt or uncle, mom or dad. Your heart's just broken. You carry that grief. Your healing begins with your 
desire to be healed. To let go of whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. You say, Pastor, but if I, if I don't hang on, I, I think I dishonor. I think, I, I think, no, you cannot let anything like that live with its trauma in your heart. You say, well, well, why not? Because that's why you have the pain you have. And God doesn't want you in pain. He loves you too much. And He knows just how to heal you and give you the grace to live with whatever it is. But you have to be willing to let go. So I want everybody to bow their head. Do that in respect to the Lord. And close your eyes in respect to people around you. And I'm going I'm to give a count, one, two, three, in just a moment. And I want every person, you would say to yourself, Either, Pastor, man, I've cut off a lot of ears and I, I really need some help. Or you say, man, I've had some ears cut off in my life and I need to be made whole. When I count three, I want you to put your hand up real quick and put it back down. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Put them back down. Oh, hands all over. Hands all over. So we're going to begin the process by praying a simple prayer this morning. This is beyond most people's faith. It was beyond my faith when I needed it. I've had other great disappointments happen. People I've worked in ministry with. People I've helped build churches. Somebody asked me the other day about a pastor. Actually, it was Friday. Somebody that they knew. And I'd helped this, this, this individual build a wonderful church. Build a wonderful church. We hunted and fished together. We fellowshiped together. Our families knew each other. And like you snap your finger, he disappeared. I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, he, he went somewhere else. Just he disappeared out of my life. Disappeared. I can't find him. I went and looked for him. I searched and searched. I asked and asked. And to this day, I've not found him. And I don't know why he left his church. I was on his board. I don't know why he left. One day I had to let that go. I wrote, I wrote a letter. Did I do anything? Did I do anything? Never got response. One day I had to let that go. See, there are things we just have to let go. I'm going to pray a prayer. Every one of you that lifted your hand, when I pray that prayer, I want you to, to believe you receive the grace you need to let go whatever it is and to begin the process of being made whole. Jesus is the creator. He can create brand new emotions in you, brand new thought process in you, brand new everything that you need in your life. Heavenly Father, right now, you saw the hands that went up. Many hands went up. Lord, this is the only thing you can do by the sovereign power of your word, who is Christ, who is Jesus. And I pray that the anointing of God this morning will empower every individual who needs that wholeness in their life to let go and to begin the process necessary of rectifying what they can do and receiving by faith that which only a loving God of creation can do. Devil, you're a liar. We say to you, you will no longer manipulate. You will no longer torment. 
You will no longer use your strategy of the past hurts of life to inhibit the forward momentum of your people. But we thank you, Heavenly Father. You've given us authority over the devil. He is under our feet. In Jesus' precious name. Now everybody lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. Hallelujah. Now, one more thing real quick. This may begin this morning in your life by this one thing. you getting right with God. Salvation is a wonderful thing. It's an invitation to the person who does not know Jesus to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen? But restoration is also a powerful thing. Because there are times when our life and our lifestyle, we drift away from God. That's what happened to me for 12 years. I never lost the relationship with God. I lost my fellowship. There's all kinds of terms. People call it being backslid, being this, being... Listen, all it is is broken fellowship. And Jesus is tugging on someone's heart this morning, maybe more than one, to get restored back to God, to make things right. You know you're not living right. You know, you, know, you know you're not doing right. You know it. But you're in church. You're in church this morning. That means your heart is right. You want to do right. You want to be right. So one more time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. You say, Pastor Rusty, that's me. I need to be right with God this morning. I don't want to leave this church without my fellowship with God being restored. If that's you, lift your hand right now up high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight hands. Put your hands down. Now everybody stand. Everybody. And I want everybody to pray this prayer after me. And I want every person that raised your hand, I want you to pray it out loud so your own ears can hear it. Now here's what we do at Island Church. You're fixing to get right. Everybody say, get right. You're fixing to get right. Everybody say, get right. But now you're going to stay right. Everybody say, I'm going to stay right. Say, I'm going to stay right. Say, I'm going to stay right. I got right and I've stayed right for 36 years. This march will be 37 years. Don't tell me you can't do it. Don't tell me you can't do it. You can do it. I did it and have done it for 37 years. And I live a life that 37 years ago I could have never dreamed, never dreamed of having. I've seen the world. I've seen signs, wonders, and miracles that would astound you. Now we're building a church to be a part of the last outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon this planet. How amazing. Out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I declare He came to the earth virgin born lived a sinless life did signs, wonders, miracles died on the cross rose from the dead did it all for me I believe it I receive it I accept it Heavenly Father you know me better than I know myself so today I confess my weakness my fault, my inability, 
all that I've done that does not please you. And I thank you that right now, the blood of Jesus is crying out for me. It cleanses me from all sin, all unrighteousness. I am cleansed. I am holy. I am right in the eyes of God. Father, help me to become whole in my mind, my emotions, in my physical body, in my finances, in my desires, in my purpose, so that my purpose will be your purpose. Thank you, Father, as I stand at Island Church on October the 25th, the year 2020. I am right. I am right with God. I have gotten right. I will stay right. Now lift your hands and thank God. Lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Now, let me just help you. You that raised your hand, I believe I, believe I counted eight, that raised your hand, follow through. You say, what do you mean? We have church on Wednesday night, come to church. I mean, if, if you were like I was, I came out of drugs, I came out of hell, I came out of hate, I came out of crime, I came out of violence. Man, I tell you, anything that was going, I found me someplace to be every night. We have prayer here every night. How serious are you? You going to stay right? You going to let God take your life over? You going to let Him make you whole? You going to let Him give you the dream of your life? He will give you a dream, and He'll give you the power to fulfill it and to see it come into your life. Don't just walk out of here and say, well, that was good. I see we got several visitors. Well, go, yeah, that was good. Don't do that. Your fellowship is restored to God Almighty. Your fellowship is restored to God Almighty. Don't do anything that would cause a breach anymore. So, well, Pastor, I struggle with this habit or this addiction. That's why you need to come to church. You need the Word of God. You need it taught to you. You need to be, you need to be taught how to pray. You need to be taught how to, to stand on the Word. You need to be taught faith. Because God loves you so much. And He has wonderful things in store for your life. The world doesn't have that. Look at what's going on in the world. Death and destruction and pain and misery. That's what it's got for you. Oh, in the church, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He's got wonderful things for your life. Hallelujah. That's where I met Leah. I met my wife in an intercessory prayer meeting in a little bitty church that met in a funeral home because on a Tuesday night I was not going to sit home when there was a prayer meeting going on. And I found a beautiful little Cajun girl that puts up with me. Oh my God. What a miracle. One, what, seven billion people on the earth, only one would put up with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this day. I pray over all these people that lifted their hand. Those that lifted their hand that need wholeness. Those that lifted their hand to get right with God. I speak over that process of grace in their life. Let a great big want to get on the inside of them to serve you, Lord, with all of their heart. Lord, as we leave today, as is our tradition, we claim protection, safety in our travels. Lord, some of us are out in the, in the ocean. 
Some of us on the highways. Some of us the airways. Some of us the sea railways. Other ways of travel and transportation. Thank you for that. We're protected. Protected, Lord. Thank you, Father, the righteous labor of our hands. People work out in the ocean. They work at UTMB. They work at the petrochemical plants. We have people that own their own business. Bless our businesses, Lord. We have people that work in retail. We have our educators. We declare ourselves free from trauma, from terror, from accidents, from the flu, from colds, from the allergy. And yes, Corona, we speak against you. In Jesus' name. Thank you that we're free. Free. Free in the name of Jesus. Thank you for our door of utterance. Let each and every one of us, let us go outside the four walls of the church. Let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the adversary, and a miracle in someone's life. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. Thank you that you love us. You care for us so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. Shout it out. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy We love you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.